Radio. I was going to get married, get drunk, and then fuck in that historical museum. It was going to be cool. It was like Night at the Museum, but better. You know, <laughs> there, there wasn't a giant Easter Island head that was going to ask me for gum and call me dum-dum. It was just going to be me going cum-cum all over the place. Uh, <laughs> so it looked. It was a really cool place. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. To Super Movie Bros, I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And we got an all-new review episode for you hip cats, you guys, you gals, you geeks, you freaks, you motherfucking skids, you scabs, you... Hey now, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hold on, hold on. Calm down now. Let's try and keep this relatively PG-13... With an R fuck, edge. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. Fuck no. Hard R tonight, man. Because uh, I, I, I know Ooh, I got yeah. a bevy of reviews to get through this episode. So very, and I mean so ever, very slightly little, just the tip, just a bit, just to see how it feels. I have a review for Boss Baby Family Business. <laughs> I know it's the <laughs> review you've all been waiting for. That's going to be my shortest review. If I can go less than five minute-ish, expect it to be. And then, of course, I have reviews for the Netflix original movie, part of the, the, the trilogy, an anthology of Fear Street 1994. So that's Fear Street Part 1. Going to have a review for that this week. And then I have reviews for... Just wait for it. It's the Ryan Reynolds movie we've all been clamoring for. Not Guy. Not the one where he's the the NPC in a video game. No. This is the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Terrible title. It's a fucking awful. There's more awful about that movie. I don't understand how this even was I'll get into it in my review. And then me and Jay are going to come together all over the Limp Biscuit. This is hard. And make someone hard R. eat oh. it as me and Jay review Tomorrow War with one another. Yes, and I got No Sudden Move, the latest Steven Soderbergh film that dropped on HBO Max. Holy review. shit. That, Jay, let's just jump right into it because that sounds like a indie corner. We played the obligatory indie corner music. You all heard it. Jay has already gone on square frame glasses, suspenders, wearing some T-shirt, ironically drinking a bourbon neat. He's in his corner acting so superior because he saw this Steven Soderbergh indie darling that none of you have seen before. <laughs> and he's going to let us know. You've never even heard of it. At least I've never heard of it. I don't care. Steven Soderbergh's one of those guys that just like, I want to do it because I can because I've made some movies that were very popular and now I can get away with just about anything. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's that, that, there's Soderbergh for you. In a nutshell. All right, Jay, what's the what's the name of your little indie ditty? No sudden move. No sudden moves. I don't even know where to go with this one for my fake synopsis. Uh based on title alone, nothing about this movie. 
Uh, no sudden moves. I'm going to go with this. It is about a guy who is terrified to make the first move. He's a fine guy. You know, girls get along with him. He gets along with girls. He's a great starter. Terrible closer. <laughs> uh, and it, just it like just, you. Yeah. Just, just, I'm a, I'm a fucking fantastic starter. I never know when I'm women a closer. Were into me. I've never known when women were into me. It's just, it's just the curse of my life. And like, I've, I've had it before too, where it's like, you know, you see them years later, months later, whatever it is, you're no longer into each other. You're not, you're not in that dating realm and stuff like that. And they're like, why'd you never make a move on me? And I was like, how was I supposed to know? Right. And they're like, the signs. And I'm like, the signs, right? Like, I'm driving down a fucking desert highway and it's just like a fucking bright neon sign it just says like fucking clothes fuck me you dumb fuck that sign never comes what was the sign was it when you kissed me oh you didn't was it when i tried to kiss you but it was also while you were sipping your drink so it was kind of like an awkward moment and i was like not gonna try that again it's pretty much (laughs) if they seem to like you as a person it pretty much means they're into you to fuck you you know, see, I've, I've, I'm <laughs> nice generally to every, a roll of I'm thumb. so nice to everybody that like, and this is no offense, but like, but I've had some pretty ugly girls, some heifers who thought I was interested in them because I'm because I'm nice to them. And it's like, well, of course, I'm nice. I'm nice to everybody. So it's like, I remember that was my problem in high school, like all the time, because I was just nice to everybody. Like I wasn't I, I wasn't a dick to anybody. So I, I never knew when to make the first move because I just assumed, you know, Stupidly. You're pretty much already making the move. That is, I mean, in my mind, that is the first initial move. Because are you one I of those people shy. that's like that? that that's well, like, you know this. I get shy with the girl that, that we that I know like. each other. You know whether you would fuck me, yes or no. <laughs> right? Are you one of those people where if like someone says yes to the date, then they would automatically uh, at least have already thought about fucking you, which means that that that's a possibility that's on the table. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Lock them up. This motherfucker's no better than Bill fucking Cosby. He would drug a woman just to have sex with her. He just said it. You heard him admit it. No, 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 no. I, I, I've definitely highly try not to uh, have sex on the first date. Good. I mean, that's obviously happened from time to time. But I don't know. I remember us having a Patreon episode where I had to convince you to stop having sex with women on your first date. And uh, you guys can check out those Patreon episodes <laughs> by heading over to uh, patreon.com slash Bros podcast. Just $1 a month. You can get all the additional content that's available over there, including all of our pre-roll content. Uh, ever hear a pre-roll thing? You're like, huh, that's pretty funny. Well, I, I don't understand the context. You need to be on the Patreon to understand it. Patrons get it. Do you? And anyway. not only, Dave, that's not even hard art. How was that? That's How like was that, Jay? Was that seamless? Was that oh, seamless? Cause... Gorgeous. That was gorgeous. <laughs> Jay, that's Jay exactly to... what I want, Dave. <laughs> Jay asked me to, instead of plugging all of our shit at the end of the show, to start plugging it throughout the show, but do it organically and seamlessly. So if that was organic and seamless enough, I guarantee <laughs> you every response is going to say that was perfect. You get expect it. that. Beautiful. <laughs> You deserve a bonus check. Yeah. I feel like I'm Cal Norton Jr. from Talladega Nights. I'm the magic man. (laughs) Just because that was magic that I pulled out of my hat. Never expect them all to be that seamless. But anyway. Shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. So this has gone off the rails. Stay on target. 
Target. So anyway, uh, no sudden moves. That is, that 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 is my um, that that's my brief synopsis. That's my fake synopsis. It's just about a guy who never understood when to make the first move, and him going back through his through his past failed hookups, failed relationships, failed everything, and just trying to understand like when was the moment to make the right move because he is on the precipice right now of deciding whether he is going to propose to the girl that he's with or not. And he's not sure if it's the right move or not. And he's Mm. just going to find out that he's just been a big pussy about life. And sometimes you just got to make the fucking first move. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll see. We'll see. What a rabbit hole we just went down. What a journey. (laughs) What a journey. What a red pill. Huh? Huh? (laughs) Well, you know, this one was a, a classic Steven Soderbergh, Soderbergh so- film Soderbergh. where like S- Soderbergh, you know. Am I the only uh, one that pictures bread when we say Soderbergh, right? Am I, am I just like, is that one of those, is that one of those bread? breads that people tried to cook or, during the yeah. uh, pandemic? It could be. Did you guys make a Soderbergh? Yeah, I made a Soderbergh. How's it taste? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's okay. It needs a little work, you know, but yeah. I, I, I kept some of it. So, you know, I'll keep working the dough. You know, I'll keep working the recipe. Fail. So, you know, good on you. Well, this one is a classic middle of the road Soderbergh film that Aren't was, they all? was well as of late it seems yeah, but he's able to pull out a lot of stars. So this is a, a big ensemble cast, and I don't even really want to run down all the names, but like Don Cheadle, Benicio del Toro, they're the main two leads, and you got well, David he's Harbour. not an actor's director. He he lets the actors do whatever the fuck they want. He is I care how this shot looks. He is a shot guy. True. Like he is all about the cinematography, how the film looks in the end. He couldn't give fuck all about what is said from he, an actor's mouth he or does, a script. He does give them a lot of freedom. That is true. Yeah. And this one is a bit of a you know a group of criminals. They have to get brought in together to do this um, mysterious kind of job or a little task. And everyone has their own little key role that they're supposed to play. So Ocean's and Eleven, because you already said Don Cheadle. Sort so. of, sort of, but it's like in the fifties, and there's a lot of twists and turns as far Jay, as I like, don't want to blow your mind, but the original Ocean's Eleven was in the sixties. Ooh, <laughs> no, well, this is fifties. <laughs> this is fifties, way older, too, way older. older. Anyway, but you know, it just gets a little wacky because they spend a lot of time, uh, almost like real time type feel within like place settings to like set the things in motion to achieve the end goal which is to receive a uh envelope from this guy in, the, in an office all right in, so, in so like for example city. for example if he's like we have to intercept this envelope and it's like you know i've been watching well, you gotta remember for, for like the legit, so in two minutes yeah, well, so and so will walk through this room well, so the, so that scene sort will take of, two like minutes the, no, well, it's more it's it. more of blackmail and so it's like you gotta think about it this is before technology so what did he do they got these half-ass like face masks on. They go into the family's home and they essentially put, you know, take the family hostage and force the guy to go to his office to steal the envelope out of his boss's safe. Okay, you know? and that's kind of how it kickstarts and it unravels and then shit happens throughout. And I can't really say much well, more Jay, about. I'll be honest the story with you. Most movies forward, wouldn't but... happen if shit didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. But essentially, it's one of those like everyone's out for themselves. Once things get unraveled after that envelope is re- well, received, yeah, because there's no honor among thieves. Like that's the Correct. old saying. And of course, everyone's out for themselves. 
and it's loosely, loosely based on uh, a true story. And at the very end, there's a slight political undercurrent to it, you know, from back then. Um, I'll, I will loosely wink at, and it's about Detroit and the car industry. So that's all I'll say. That That is all I'll say. But okay. um, So this is a prequel to Detroit Rock City where four <laughs> middle-class white kids are trying to travel to Detroit so that they could see Kiss. And a prequel to the nice guys. <laughs> Yeah, guys. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right, Jake. No, seriously. Do you recommend? But no, uh, this, this I, Soderberg I, you know, for everybody. I, I, I graded it at B minus. It's, it's a, it's an okay, solid film. It's not going to blow your socks off. It's not going to be a memorable film by the end of the year when you're recapping your, your filmography for the, the, the grades of the year. But it's just fine. Sounds it's like Soderberg over the past uh, decade or so. So. Yep. All right, man. All right. So we had a little fun there. A little fun. A little, little bit. But uh, little bit. I had to, and I, I literally mean had to, I had to watch Boss Baby Family Business. We need you to save the family business. We're going to face evil babies, creepy babies. Don't look at me. Okay. Jail yard babies. He's such a bad boy. Ah! And ninja babies. Is this some kind of a ninja boy band? navigation set turn left thank you navigation so not a huge fan of (laughs) of boss baby just first off i saw the first one it was fine alec baldwin charming love his voice love it um few yucks here and there not a bad kids movie few things that parents could enjoy but still nothing along the you know the lines of anything from pixar most of the stuff from the disney animated uh animated features now and not even like holds it even you know even though it's dreamworks it doesn't even hold a candle to things like the original despicable me or how to train your dragon stuff like that like it, it has none of that same charm it's literally just a baby a lot of baby jokes a lot of uh, you know adult humor tried to be mixed in, but mostly mm-hmm. misses the mark. So they made a sequel, and it didn't even. Well, I, I believe it's in theaters, but it's also on Peacock right now. And I have Peacock, and my daughter was like, "Can we watch Boss Baby Family Business?" And it was like eight o'clock in the morning. I maybe got three hours of sleep because Grayson had spent most of the night crying, which is how sleep regression works here in month four and five. So. I was like, whatever, whatever, yeah, put on whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Just be quiet. (laughs) So Boss Baby Family Business was put on, and Grayson wasn't falling asleep. I was feeding him, so I was stuck enduring it, watching it, as as I do most things that my daughter puts on the television. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. I like, and I've seen the first one, so I knew what to expect. I knew to be like mediocrely entertained and just be like, fine, that wasn't a terrible waste of 90 minutes, I suppose. But by the time I was done, I was like, that was truly fucking awful. They spent almost a half hour setting up the premise for a kid's movie. It's a kid's movie. What are you doing wasting 30 minutes setting up the plot and setting up all these emotional through lines where it's just like, my daughter doesn't fucking care about whether they save their family or the fucking family business. She doesn't care. Just get to the baby ninja swinging swords and fighting in, in fucking Jeff Goldblum's super, you know, school that he's made for, for genius kids. Like that's, 
That's what my daughter wants. She wants to get to that stuff. She doesn't so give a everybody. shit about Yeah. Right. She, she, she doesn't give a shit about setting up the fact that the two brothers haven't talked to each other in years and you know all that stuff. Like That's stuff for me and, and my brother to watch and be like, oh, I get that. But at 8 o'clock in the morning when you know, you've know you only slept three hours and you really don't have time for, for this death adder of DreamWorks animation bullshit, then you're just like, just get on with it. <laughs> just make me laugh <laughs> once and I'll give you a passing grade. It made me laugh none, you know, it, as far as animated movies go. Like, this is the low-hanging fruit. Like, this is this is the stuff, Jay, when someone tells you something's animated, this is the stuff that you think it is inside your head. Like, guys like you and my dad who hate animated stuff for the most part think because it's for kids that they're not going to enjoy it. This is one of those ones that you dread is you know you're going to be made to watch and it is sure. just for kids it right. this one really is it it just it doesn't have a whole lot to it um you know i i tried I, I love jeff goldblum's voice don't get me wrong jeff goldblum plays the villain of the movie it's fucking hilarious uh because he plays a baby <laughs> he plays a doctor who's running this school for super smart kids but he's actually a baby who escaped oh. from baby court and now it's up to the other babies to take him down and it's like the only the only pleasure I'm getting from this is Jeff Goldblum's voice. That's it. <laughs> if I As could always. Like, if I could take that scene from uh from Private Parts, the the uh the the Howard Stern movie where like the woman just straddles the 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 amp and he just mm, and starts making noises and makes her come through the uh right. that's what I would do but with Jeff Goldblum's voice. <laughs> If I could comb the Jeff Goldblum's voice, this movie would get a better grade. <laughs> but since I can't, it doesn't. It's oh, a D plus. God. Oh. It's a D plus. Okay. Well, goddamn. Yeah, that's painful. And I'll maybe, tell you what. In a side maybe note, maybe Jay can comb the Jeff Goldblum's voice, but I can't. Well, I I will say this. I was gonna just tell everybody. Do yourselves a favor and just go through the rabbit hole of YouTube videos with Jeff Goldblum. You know, talk show appearances. All and let that it be known. Stuff. It's so awkward, but so charming at the same time. My wife has told me on this show that the that if she was ever to have a threesome with me and any other male, it would be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and that is shocking to me because right. I feel like that was like I, I'd be like the last person I could see Lauren wanting. Oh, to I would do just want to hear him narrate the whole thing. I was like, can you narrate it like from beginning to end? Can you narrate what you're doing? As you're doing it. And he would. <laughs> and he would. I, I, I guarantee you that's how he has sex. Wow, well, yeah, 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 yes, 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 of course, yes, excellent, yes, of course I can, yes, mmm. <laughs> this is titillating. And, that, and he was so great, too. Like, that is, like, literally how he speaks to people. I know. You know, when he first meets them, it's like, oh, yes, of course you're Dave. Yes, yes. Yes, we're yes, Super Movie Brothers. Yes, yes, yes of course. Yes, of course. Oh, of course yes. I'm inside your wife. Tell yes, me. of course. Yes. And you're loving it. Yes. Mmm. <laughs> Anyway, Jay, on to your next review. No one else. Got. No one else. <laughs> no, I got the Tomorrow War, buddy. All right, get shit. Into so it. I got I got two reviews to get to. Oh yeah, I I, to I have I had light watching this past week. Light so. watching, light watching. Obviously, you were getting laid and I wasn't. Um, <laughs> all right, so I got I got two reviews to do, but one of them's quick. So five minute ish review for the Hitman's. The, for the hitman's <laughs> wife's bodyguard. Jesus Christ, I couldn't even get through the title because it's so fucking stupid. I promised my therapist no bodyguarding. <laughs> Why don't you start seeing with your heart instead of your hate? What the f- Good 
time to have a baby. May God have mercy on our soul. I'm not doing guns right now. I'm not doing guns right now. I don't sound like that. So somehow, Michael Bryce, who's played by Ryan Reynolds, becomes entangled with the devilish hitman Darius, played by Samuel Jackson, yet again. But this time, his wife, Sonia, played by Selma Hayek, is along for their try-hard adventure that will try to make you laugh, but will fail at every turn. There is a new villain, Aristotle. Get it? Because he's Greek, so his name's Aristotle. Ha <laughs> ha yeah, it's a history joke. Played by Antonio Banderas. Presumably, this was done in an attempt to make you remember that there was a time when Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek were in two movies together, Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, where we actually liked them and enjoyed their chemistry. So they were hoping that maybe rubbing those two sticks together again would would start a fire here. And it just never does. So this movie should be great by proxy, assuming. No. Fuck no. So I I imagine what the producer's notes on this script must have been. And they must have been like, make this movie as Ryan Reynolds as you possibly can. But Mm. unfortunately, placing the film's comedy on Ryan Reynolds' shoulders solely became a Herculean effort that not even the Deadpool actor could make this movie enjoyable. So there you go. Movie fucking sucked hard. Fucking sucked hard. The first movie looked like it sucked hard. I I could never fine like when uh, i say fine I like like a c grade fine where it's like i got a few yucks you know it was an it, it, it was but a even fine still premise. i didn't think it was like that well regarded or it even financially money, obviously regarded. enough it made money obviously I enough yes but this time around everything felt forced it was almost like wink remember that joke from the first one not really i don't remember the first movie all that well I just yeah because going, this ah, movie wasn't times. supposed to be made that's why they just yeah. like ham-fisted something together and that's the thing where where it was just like well we got ryan reynolds what else do we need and it's like you need you need something right you need a story you need character you need me to care about something you need me to not hate samuel jackson in this role but you spent so much time making me dislike him in the first one that like now i'm supposed to like him this time around you know what i mean like it there was like there's so many bad moments there was just so many moments where like i felt like they were trying too hard to make me laugh where I was just like, none of it felt organic. It was just like, if we just let Ryan Reynolds talk long enough, he'll say something funny, and it'll it'll get you. I'm not going to lie. There may have been a line or two. There might have been something, some physical comedy that got me once or twice. But in the end, this movie was just fucking terrible. Just plot-wise, you know, it, it, it felt forced just even getting them back together right like it where it's just like he's he's going on vacation and then all of a sudden some Hayek shows up shooting up the place and then she's like come on Darius needs you she told me to get you and we got to go and it's like 10 minutes into the movie and I was just like okay we're getting started we're, we're, we're starting off man why why is he needed what's going on what's the plot this sounds this sounds intriguing this sounds like and then they're like oh no it was a mistake he said you know I need help get me anybody but Michael mm. Bryce but she heard, get me Michael Bryce. And I was like, oh, my God. Even your fucking setup is fucking terrible. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. It's just it's just truly awful. It is. And they, they even try this joke at the end where they're where like they adopt Ryan Reynolds to be their child. Because there's like this joke throughout the entire movie that they're trying to have children. And that I guess they decide that Ryan Reynolds is going to be their child at the end. And it's like he's a 45-year-old man. That's not even funny. It's just impractical. 
<laughs> and illogical. It just doesn't make sense. It's uh, dude. I give this movie a D minus. Thank it's you. It's fucking bad. God it's damn. This is almost bad. like an insult to Hollywood. I well, I'm just 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 stay away from it. Like I mean, and and retroactively now, if you even got a chuckle out of the Hitman's bodyguard, stay away from that now too. <laughs> this would poison the whole well for all of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, man. All right, so I got, I got another and, and little side note again. Adding all these side notes. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds needs a fucking hit. Yeah, well, that's what. So he so, has been so that's going what I mean. down like, a very, very scary taking a road. script and writing it, and then hiring Ryan Reynolds and go just put the comedy solely on his shoulders. It's fine. He can he can handle it. And it's like no, he can't. He's not I'm, fucking Atlas. He can't hold your entire fucking movie up, man. Yeah. You know, like he you know why he works in Deadpool? Because the whole world works around him. That's why he works in Deadpool. Right. But when you but when you put him in a in a script, or you put him in a movie and you and you make him the only thing that's trying to work, it doesn't work. In fact, you it only comes off as he's trying too hard to make it work. Maximum effort. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly what it is. And I think, you know, it it really shows. Now, you know, obviously Deadpool is Deadpool, but to that side, the only one I think I've really seen him in that I thought was okay, but it, which is like an underappreciated movie. It's solid. It's nothing spectacular. Van Wilder, Waiting, both of them are solid. Well, that's a long time ago, but I'm, I'm talking about Life in 2017. Okay, Life is fine. Yeah. And, and, fine. and I think since the original Deadpool movie came out, that's the only movie that I no. liked. You're 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 not you know I mean he has some he has some indie ones that are good too like you know the buried alive one where he's well he's like I said I'm talking about alive. since Deadpool I'm talking about voices since Deadpool. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed voices um, Paper Man I enjoyed Paper Man like so he does yeah, have some all indie that hits stuff, and stuff I do like, like I guess Safe House so, is serviceable but yeah, you know that, yeah. ultimately he's due but and we all know, know we all know that the Ryan Reynolds gem is him and Sandra Bullock. In the proposal. Well, that is a gem. That is a fucking gem. <laughs> that's 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 Ryan Reynolds' fucking opum, man. That's but his fucking, I, that's, I will that, say that's this his though, pinnacle. that's as high as he's ever going to reach. Is <laughs> him and Sandra Bullock in the proposal. I, I, Love I it. maybe, but I I will say on a side note, a little news note. You know, Free Guy and Red Notice are the two big movies coming out later on this year with him. Now, Free Guy is a very high budget Sean Levy directed you know concept film that could work or could be absolute or garbage. it could be this it could be you just put the, exactly. the comedy solely on ryan reynolds and expect it to work exactly so. and then you also got red notice starring the rock and uh gal gadot as yeah, well just got and, like a november release it's and, coming and out just on just announced today um as a recording that it's got release date in november so that's you know at the time um the most expensive movie that netflix produced so we'll see you know, it's like a heisty kind of action film. So, we yeah, so it was Six see. Underground, and that was fucking terrible with Reynolds as well. But moving on, Jay, I watched the Netflix original, Fear Street, part one, 1994. Ooh. Look, some gal killed a bunch of people at the mall last night. Holy shit. Another shady side tragedy. Fits the narrative, right? Sarah fears that. Christ, not you too. There's no angry dead witch. The only thing that made him go crazy is this town. 
the dude was wearing a Halloween skull mask. How is that not fun? Guys, I think there's someone in the woods. We're together for one night and dead people are trying to kill us. Maybe we are doomed. So sexy, but so crazy. Normal bitches don't bleed black blood. How do we not die? I'm looking at you, witch nerd. You can't stop it. So the town of Shadyside is no stranger to death, murder, and carnage. For over 300 years, Shadyside has been a regular murder mecca. A group of teens awaken the wrath of a witch that may be responsible for the town's murderous past and present. Now, they hatch a plan to subdue the witch and survive the night. Mm. I, I actually really had a fucking fun time watching this movie. First off, cool. all the music from the early 90s absolutely fucking stellar this was like my heyday for music i still go to this well for music from time to time so i was singing along with the fucking music that was in this movie so automatically for for people our age nostalgia bomb achievement unlocked Hmm. for nostalgia there um but i mean there was other things that i loved about it it was a fun love letter to to slashers from the 70s 80s and 90s and you know it seems like the next one, which will take place at like a sleepaway camp, is going to double down on on the slasher thrills. So I really actually look forward to the one that's coming out this coming Friday. Um, there's also a healthy dose of cheese in this movie. Like this is one of those movies that isn't is isn't you know worried to lay on a healthy layer of cheese. Uh, and it did a really great job of towing the line between laughing at itself and being laughed at like being self-aware but not so self-aware that you're taking yourself you know too seriously or making fun of yourself too much it was like just enough that like I bought it as it was and I thought that it that that was great and you know those of you guys who who watch movies like Psycho Gorman and stuff like that like some of the movies that I review Werewolves Within you know over the past couple of months you understand what I'm talking about you know what I mean when it's like you're you're having just enough fun with your material but you're still taking it seriously enough that the audience still buys it it's it's a really fucking tough line to toe you know so uh, to see a Netflix movie doing it pretty well, it's not, you know, I, I, I kind of like that. And of course, the biggest plus for this movie was that it did not shy away from the blood and the gore, which I actually wasn't expecting because this is based on an R.L. Stein young adult series. Like, you know, if you if you were kids like me and Jay growing up, we read the Goosebumps books, right? And then, you know, just above the Goosebumps books, you would graduate onto the Fear Street books, which were slightly older, slightly which, a little. Which, of course, I never graduated to. Right, right. Jay never, Jay never made it through. Jay never <laughs> I never graduated to Goosebumps. one of Say Cheese and Die, which is Goosebumps hey, number one. I did, I did. Forcefully, my parents forced me to. Forced you to. We bought you this damn Goosebumps anthology, and now you're gonna read it. I just, I just wanted to keep rubbing my finger over the bumps on the on the top of the book. That's all right. I wanted to do. <laughs> that's all. That's all Jay wanted to do. As he drooled. I'm very very <laughs> sensory. <laughs> Jay very sat sensory there just feeling the bumps <laughs> drooling into his own lap, and he's just like <laughs> book. <laughs> <laughs> and then his parents let him out of the basement and taught him how to read. You know, it happened eventually, but yeah, might In have time. been too late. In time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. But so, some of the problems I had with this movie was 
had extremely awful pacing. Like there was so many plot points that were being thrown at you. They were just like, this killer did this in this year. And then this killer did this in this year. And then this killer did this in this year. This is what so-and-so did to stop them. We got to contact so-and-so get on the phone, call them up right now. They didn't answer. What are we going to do? Time for plan B. What's plan B? Well, plan B is not working out either. Time for plan C. What are we going to do? You know, they throw so much at you. Plan A, B, C, you know, uh, this killer, that killer, this killer, this rule, that rule, this rule, you know, and you kind of felt like they were making it up as they went along. And that kind of really bogged down the pacing of this movie. There was so much happening, so much, uh, you know, change, you know, shifts in, in what the idea or the plan was for them to do that as an audience member, I was just like, cool. Weren't we just at the school trying to do this? Oh, that's right. That didn't work. So now we're going to try to do this. What makes them think that will work? So it's just kind of like trial and error of the characters and their kids. So I understand it. But as an audience member, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I felt like it could have been a little bit better written. Could have given us a, a little bit of better for story through line for uh, for how we got to this point. By the time we're at the end, though, you know, um, I'm, I'm just enjoying it because that's where most of the blood and gore comes from. <laughs> so I'm just mm-hmm. like, don't even care that this doesn't make sense. Just... I just watched someone's head get pushed through a fucking meat slicer. Woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. Absolutely fine with that. And then my biggest knock on this is the cinematography. It's just how this movie looked. This movie looked about as good as your average network television show. It looked a lot like a CW show. Uh, And the awful dialogue at times being spouted by teenagers made me feel like I was watching a CW show. There's just those moments where I was like, oh, it's almost too cheesy. That line is just just a hair over the cheese line. And uh, it's just too much for me. So uh, th- there was just a few moments of that, though, you know, f- fleeting. And then they're gone, and I'm right back into it, and I'm, I'm enjoying myself. So if I had to give this one a grade, I'm giving it a B plus. It's on Netflix definitely worth your time. First part of a three-part anthology. So I look forward to checking out the next two parts. All right, Jay, we, 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 I, we finished, man. We're there. We are now on to the meat and potatoes, the Amazon original movie starring Chris Pratt, Tomorrow War. We're going to get that review in just before we get into our top five alien invasion movies. One minute to jump. How are you so calm? Long story. Yeah, military Kind of a short story, I guess. Welcome to the future. Listen up. We are humanity's last hope. I'm going to save the world. I'll get my coat. Come on! So Tomorrow War finds former soldier, now high school science teacher, Dan Foster, who always thought he was meant to do more with his life than teach uninterested pubescent assholes about science. But that changes when he when he's drafted into a war from the future. Now Dan is given purpose as he finds out he and a 16 year old kid who's obsessed with volcanoes hold the key to winning the war. <laughs> and if you've seen the movie. You know that Deus Ex Machina moment that I'm referring to there <laughs> and thought that that was kind of a little ridiculous, right? <laughs> but really, mm-hmm. at its core, I want to stick with the pros first. Like, I want to talk about the pros of this movie, the things that I liked about it. This was a extremely fun 90s-style action sci-fi flick. It reminded me a little bit of Independence Day, 
a lot of bit of things like Starship Troopers. Um, and uh, the, the thing that it reminded me the most of was Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat. Um, so, but I, that just reminding me of that style of like yesteryear where it was like plot. What's it, it, plot? It, it kind of was like an old fashioned, you know, tentpole action film. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 that was like done, plot. What's plot? You know, Who cares about plot? We're giving you decent CGI. And that's my next pro is that the CGI and the creature designs are all pretty damn good. Like I, I yeah, I liked it. I thought this movie looked slick. I thought it had some true blockbuster, you know, quality behind the visuals, which I was surprised of at, don't get me wrong. There's Mm -hmm. a sequence, you know, towards the end of the second act where someone's falling into a pit of these creatures where I was like, well, I mean, not, not all the effect shots are great, but some of them are really good. Some of them spent money on, it was almost like there was a time where this movie was going to be released in theaters where they were like all the money in the world to the effects go. And then they're like, Oh, just got optioned by Amazon. Dial that back a little bit. Dial it back. We don't need that much money for effects. <laughs> Slow your roll. <laughs> um, but for very the most well part, could have. I mean, yeah. honestly, and 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 also, this is one of those great balance of humor, um, heart. You know, there's a lot of heart. You know, in this yeah. movie as well. That's another and, pro that I have and is some, some there were a few laughs. twists and turns at times. A little, little yeah. bit, a little bit. There's yeah. a few laughs. Um, but when you say heart, I. There's a difference. I guess there's a difference between heart and emotion because one of my pros was that the character of Dan Foster has very simplistic motivations and I don't question them. I, I never question Dan and why he's doing what he's doing um, or some other characters. However, in a cons, there's some other characters who are just kind of like background characters who are doing things where it's like, I don't understand. I have no reference for this. You didn't you didn't really establish your world well enough for me to give a fuck about what's going on with those people. But for Dan himself, I, I know Chris what you're Pratt's talking about. Yeah. For Chris Pratt's character, I was like, cool, awesome. And I think that's one of the things. Like his it, it his backstory was a fallback crux for like the excuse for like why he's able to pull off what he's doing. You know, whether it be his history in the military, his um, high intelligence in the science world, um, you know, a father figure that has certain kind of right. You know, but that's abilities. also a, that, 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 that's also a problem, right? Like the idea that like he is, you know, he says like he's meant for more and stuff like that. That's in the first five minutes of this movie. I know they I know. barely take any time to establish Dan Forrester as a character he literally has a conversation on the phone and then enters a holiday party where they are watching a world cup tournament and then the plot starts the future invades that soccer tournament and i was fine with that because i first off i came into this movie borderline not even wanting or not even going to watch it because i thought the trailer looked like garbage yeah we did show up for it you did say it then yeah and I really was borderline like, well, I'll just maybe let Dave watch this and review it by himself. But well, that would have been three movies I was reviewing by myself, and that's not <laughs> acceptable, sir. Exactly. People can't take me in, in that large of dose. <laughs> I, we've heard the complaints. But again, you know, it's just one of those things where I, 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 this is one of the most surprising films of 2021 for me. Only because um, you were expecting it to suck. I watched that trailer, and I was yeah. like, this has some promise. You know what I mean? And it still has promise. Like, don't get me and wrong. Still There's still promise to it. I had a lot of fun with this movie. Like, my pros are kind of like really, really important things in a movie to have 
killer CGI, awesome action sequences. Like the sequence in the hospital that happens towards the end of the first act, awesome. That was an awesome action sequence. And there's another one, as I just opened a beer as I'm talking, uh, there's another one that happens uh, towards the end of the third act, you know, where they're kind of like doing the thing, traveling back through time, finding the finding the problem, taking care of it. Action then too. This movie was really good at, at, at scripting its action. And that that means something to me when you're talking about a summer sci-fi action blockbuster, which is why people are drawing comparisons to Independence Day and stuff like that when they watch it. Right. And a lot of people are liking it. And and you know, I am one and that's why they are going to make a sequel. That yes. was also that announced, was announced I think, today. today as well. So yep. Um, after its weekend, after after its weekend, uh, its streaming numbers came in. It's sure. one of Amazon Amazon Prime's highest streamed movies ever on opening on opening week. So they decided, like, fuck it, we're just going to greenlight it. Amazon's got the money; they don't care. But you know, yeah, they this keep might producing... be their first sequel ever. It might to be. be honest. So it, it might be. You know, they're due for something like that, or at least to try and do a sequel. And I think this is a worthy one to do it. But um, can we go through my cons he, real yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. Jay? Because you have a lot more. I do s- details I do. that I, do have I overlooked. <laughs> That's fine. You, you, I will say them, you then, and then we'll pause and you comment on them. So that way, it's not too much of me talking. Because again, I hear your complaints. I talk too much. I get it. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Fuckers. Anyway, first off, first con. There are absolutely massive plot holes in this movie. So if there is a substance that they have in the future that can kill the males but not the females, why not at least use that substance to deplete their numbers? That seems like a solution right there to their war. If there's one female and then hundreds of males, why wouldn't you use the substance to kill the hundreds of males? That's obviously the bulk of their fighting force. And then just fly a plane over their little bunker holes and drop a missile no more fucking alien queen move on to the next bunker i think i just found out a pretty stellar way to fucking win this war they didn't do a really good job of explaining why they couldn't just do that and if they did and that's something i missed feel free to correct me on our social medias i'm on instagram at at smb dave you also catch me on twitter at super movie pod but also Another plot hole is why even draft people from the from the past in the first place? Why not send their best scientists to the past since they have the knowledge of at least a rough time frame for when this invasion began and where if they go 30 years in the past, they might be able to to solve the mystery and stop it before it happens because Dan Forrester was able to do it in just under a two minute montage based on very little knowledge whatsoever that he gained from a fucking high school student about volcanoes. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> the way that the, the way that tied in, that was so that funny. That is a... Um, it was so funny. Script-wise, <laughs> if I was writing that script, I would crack up to myself. Watching this yeah. movie, I went, that is awfully convenient plot device. It gets a pass. I know. I because they pass. set it up in Act 1. So exactly. it gets a pass I know. I, that's why I got such a good laugh from it. it it's, it's, you know, I, it's somewhat, it's so much somewhat aware of itself. You know, it takes itself serious. But at the same time, I feel like, you know. Well, I think I think that's what the character of Charles was oh, meant God. to be. 
Right, 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 right. right. You know, I, I think he was meant to be like our commentary here. Mm-hmm. So that's what that character is meant to be, uh, played by Sam Richardson, who I talked about last week uh, in Werewolves Within. So, you know, I, I actually liked his character. I thought he brought a, an appropriate levity, but also a really nice emotional moment, like kind of when they get back from the future and he goes, you made it. And he's like, I hid. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, that's that's an emotional payoff, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got to know that character. But another downside to me are that other moments are meant to be emotional and meaningful, but lacked any type of development to earn that. Like, we have two scared ordinary citizens who sacrificed themselves so the rest of them could survive. It makes no sense. They took no time to get into... Not, I don't mean like deep psychology, but like kind of show us that like ordinary people are being drafted and asked to fight in a war against an enemy that they know absolutely nothing about. And we don't get into the in, into anybody like no one freaks out. Right. Like they, they have that moment where they're on the rooftop and they're and watching. Again, Dave, this is already a two hour and 40 minute movie I or know. a two hour and 20 minute movie. Two I'm hour sorry. and 20 minutes. Um, but like. But th- there's there's uh, definitely fat yeah. that you could have trimmed in there. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely fat you could have trimmed in there to yeah. fit stuff in sure, like this. Sure. Because think about how interesting it is. Like the first time like they see the white spikes when they go into the future and they're standing on that rooftop, to have someone go like, you know. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Like that's the reason that that line exists in Aliens because it adds levity to the situation. It grounds it, right? When you have two people who have never held a gun a day in their life literally dan shows one of them how to fucking use a gun minutes before that and explains to them how to do a clear and sweep and how to look down the street and tell them what they see so that so that they can decide whether they're moving forward and stuff he's teaching them to be soldiers but all of a sudden they're willing to give up the ultimate sacrifice that a soldier can give their lives so the other ones could survive why why it makes no sense. I kind of took it as far as like they already kind of chalked it up as like they were literally not Dan going got ten other live. people killed to save that one other motherfucker. So like if I was yeah. that guy, I'd be like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to waste all that. You know, we we broke a bunch of eggs to make this omelet. I better and, and, at least make. Well, it the out. one the one the one <laughs> character does confirm on that after the fact, but he does, and that's the only character where I understood his motive uh, his, his motivations mm-hmm. right because he was. I don't want to spoil it, but like he—he he, he has his own issues. He has his own issues and reasons. The movie does do a good job of answering the questions that I had during the trailer park, where I was like, "How are we not going to create a fucking time paradox by sending these people into the future? What if they meet their future selves? What if they meet their? What if they meet their child? What if they meet this and that?" And I was like, "How are we not going to create a bunch of paradoxes?" And then they—they—they they, they actually answer that in a, in a in a really fun way, where they're like, "You notice how old all of our trainers are? They're like, yeah, they're really young." And it's like that means none of them have been born yet paradox and it's like makes sense now you can't have someone go into the past to fuck their grandmother and make the, <laughs> make their father it's a genetic abnormality which resulted when you went back in time and performed certain actions which made you your own grandfather i did do the nasty in the pasty verily you, you don't have to worry about the grandfather paradox so we don't have to have that tenant conversation again and again <laughs> User. Uh time travel movies, man. They can get too deep too quick. This movie honestly did a really good job of towing the line and not going too deep into the time travel to make it too confusing. So that is a positive for it. And then finally, Jay, uh, my problem is the entire second act of this movie. The first act, it's exciting, and it sets up a premise with solid action yeah. sequences. Uh, yeah. The second act, it feels like a montage, and the, I almost feel like the writer went like, 
Dan meets so-and-so and then boring science shit <laughs> happens. It was, And then we get a battle and Dan goes back to the past. The, the, the problem was that it was also a mixture of dramatic... Uh, mm, it was there was a twist. Okay, so there was a mixture of a twist, right? A right. surprise. It was not a, a lot surprise. of a lot of like a, if a, you a think potential like, a, in like the an emotional is a surprise. That's not a surprise. Mm. Well, somewhat a spoiler. I texted you during this where I and I told you exactly that that was going to happen. Where I was like, "Come on, man!" They said they established the whole thing that his daughter's the only one on his side. Right? His daughter's like, "I love you, daddy." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I know you're meant for great things, and I was like, right there. He's meeting his daughter in the future. I know it. And they're throwing in all that kind of emotional hook and also the science dump. You but know? then again, I took script writing in, in college. So, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why I'm able to see these things. But Well, it's a big part of it. But <laughs> It's a big part of it, right? I'm sure. But um, gag. We're paying off. We're paying off. And, you know, I think I think ultimately this is one of those movies where you you should not be dissecting, you know, as much as you are. Because I, I just don't. I know. I, it's I just, a dumb I, and action Again, flick. maybe because I I came in with it in such low expectations. It's a dumb action I, flick. I don't and know. I get that. But like, there's this thing in sci-fi where I hold it to a higher standard. You do. You do. You do with the sci-fi. That is true. That I is hold true. sci-fi to a higher standard because I like it when my sci-fi feels real right like i know like neil degrasse tyson can watch interstellar and pick the fucking holes in that all apart with his quantum fucking mechanics and physics and all that shit i get it but at the same time it feels real to me while watching it as an audience member for this you know me not knowing anything about quantum physics whatsoever if i'm picking out these plot holes then we got a problem Right, mm-hmm. like because because we're, we're setting it up as if like this is the only way they have a chance to win this war, well, and it's like, well, no, I just gave you two other options that you had. Why didn't you think of this? <laughs> but my 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 favorite thing about this movie is the concept of our future selves coming back in time to recruit, love to that concept. save, love it, love it. Just the wish planet they, and mankind. Just wish they it's built just a little bit more around it. It, it, it was it, it was so great, but. I understand. I understand your viewpoint, and hopefully, Jay, can we talk about the biggest positive of this movie? The biggest positive, so we don't get too it. off truff track. Yeah, J.K. JK Simmons. motherfucking Simmons, <laughs> <laughs> and that beard and the biceps. Oh, I mean, none of that. I love him as the fucking Dale Gribble of the world, right? Like he just distrusts the, the government. He, you know, he he's it was he's so this, perfect, uh, perfect casting. He, he clearly works as a as as a black market arms dealer and also yes. as a mercenary and someone who knows a guy who will do that job for you that you need done. You need someone killing. You call J.K. Simmons, mm-hmm. <laughs> James Forrester. Give him a call. Uh, but also, like, I really liked and and like. I don't want to spoil it, but I really liked the final fight with him because there's a moment where like you feel like they're going to go in a way that feels extremely cliched with his character, and then they don't do it. And I was like, thank God. Thank God. Mm-hmm. They didn't go down that way with his redemptive arc. You know what I mean? So I was like... Yeah, but that was only God because of a it. choice from another character, though. It's true. Because it, it, it did go that way. But the script didn't go there, right? Like well, It's, it's not script. like I'm yeah, watching well, a Spielberg okay. movie and there's a 12-year-old in danger. And I know that that 12-year-old's not going to die because why? I'm watching a Spielberg movie. He only killed one 12-year-old in all of his movies. And it was fucking little Alex Kittner who got eaten by the shark. 
<laughs> Other than that, kids are pretty safe in Spielberg movies. Look at look at little Tim. Look how many things he survived throughout Jurassic Park. Electrocuted. He got a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton dropped on him, thrown off a sixty foot cliff while in a Jeep. <laughs> the kid survives everything. <laughs> Spielberg don't kill kids. <laughs> Neither does this movie. So uh look, I still enjoyed Tomorrow War. I just have my issues with it. I don't want to like and I know like a lot of my issues, they're my fucking issues because I hold sci-fi to a higher degree. So I bumped it up a little bit based on those complaints. Like I made this movie unwatchable for my wife while watching it because I was like picking this apart, picking that apart. And she's like, can I just fucking watch this, please? And mm. I was like, I get it. I'm doing that annoying thing where I tell you all everything that's wrong with it. All right, it's fine. I'll wait till we're done and then I'll change your <laughs> mind. <laughs> Uh, so I give Tomorrow War a C plus. Yeah, I gave it a B. I liked it a lot. Fucking A, man. Jesus, that's way higher. I, I should also say I had to watch this expected. movie twice. I had to watch this movie twice because I watched it once. Lauren got off of work. Um, All right, the next that's day, fair because and she you watched know, it twice. I, I'm curious. Uh, I wonder if I would grade it any differently if I uh, watched yeah. it a second time, which I probably won't. Um, maybe no. before the sequel, before the I will next say one comes that. out, That's I will exactly probably do that. I will probably That's exactly do that. what I thought. Like, because it'll be like, a couple years from now, I, I'll be due for a rewatch. Jay, yeah. can I tell you this weekend? I almost watched Independence Day Resurrection or Resurgence or whatever the fuck it was called. Almost watched it because it was it was July fourth. Right. It was all, it was July fourth, dude. It was July fourth, mm. and I watched Independence Day. And when it was done, me and Lauren had nothing else to watch. She's like, "What are we watching?" I was like. It's on FX movies. Like, we can put on Independence Day Resurgence. She's like, I don't know. We watched it that one time. Wasn't it really bad? And I was like, oh, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> but the option's there. <laughs> right? Like, my disease. We talk about on the show all the time. My yes, disease. We're like, yes, even yes, if sequels yes. are bad, I'm going to watch them after I watch the original. And the only times I've watched Jaws the Revenge, despite the fact that movie's fucking awful, <laughs> watched it a lot. Watched it a lot. More times oh, than anyone oh should. God. Or Jaws 3D. You know how many times I've watched Jaws 3D? It's worse I than Jaws the Revenge. It's terrible. And I've watched it. I have oh, a disease. I have a, I have a sickness. It's an illness. And I can't cure it. My wife cured it because she went, if you put that fucking movie on, I swear to God. All right. If there's any doctors out there or, or, <laughs> or psychologists out there, come to me so I know Dave? how to help Dave at J underscore SMB on Twitter. Or Super Movie Bros on uh, Instagram or to this day I can't watch Alien without putting on Aliens and then subsequently Alien Three and and, and bless you, bless (laughs) you, Dave. Resurrection, Alien AVP, AVP. I I need to figure out a way to cure your illness, (laughs) which then gets me into the fucking Predator movies, and I got into the Predator movies, and I gotta watch the Prometheus and fucking Alien Covenant, and I just can't get away from it. It's a problem. (laughs) Can't fix it. I need a god. (laughs) I need meds. I need to be able to watch a good movie and then take a med and just be like, now I forgot that another movie existed, right? Like I, like I, I've watched 1982 thing, the thing, the John Carpenter movie, which is obviously a phenomenal movie, absolutely fantastic. I would never say a disparaging word against it at all, ever. It's like an absentee father to me. Like <laughs> <laughs> I hold him up on a pedestal because I because I, I don't know all of its flaws because oh. I love it so much. Um, you know how many times I've watched 1982, The Thing, and then went and watched The Thing 2000 or Thing 2011, the the fucking prequel oh, with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which is wholly completely misses the point of what made The Thing the great and, and makes The Thing great. Uh, you know, it 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 completely went 
against that. The story's not bad, but like by making everything CGI, they really fucked themselves with that one. But I've watched that movie so many times, and it's not good. And I've watched it so many times because I watched the I watched the thing, and then I went and watched the 2011 oh, the thing. So many times. Jesus, so many other I, options. I, mean, I know. I need help. <laughs> I need help. Well, sorry, Jay. We can't all just fucking watch Steven Soderbergh experimental films all fucking time. So <laughs> they're all one and dones, baby. One and done. One and one done. I know. I should but be a little something new. Like something yourself. new at least. All right, man. Me and you got a top five that we're getting into. This is a combined top five, so it's not going to be very long. Me and Jay are going to be doing our top five alien invasion movies. Now, before you jump down my dick about why this is not on my list and that's not on my list, Predator is not an alien invasion movie because one Predator showing up on fucking a jungle in the middle of nowhere does not constitute an alien invasion. So that's why things like Predator aren't on the list. Also, I kind of wanted to keep it to Earth. I wanted it to be an alien invasion on Earth to see how Earthlings react to an alien invasion. So aliens, it's kind of out, right? Because we never actually see the invasion part. We just kind of see the Marines coming in post-invasion. Same thing kind of for like District 9. It's not really an invasion. They kind of crash landed there. But we'll get into that stuff as we get in because me and Jay are going to be doing our top five alien invasion movies. Jay, top five alien invasion movies in honor of us doing this review for tomorrow or after my score i really wish we weren't doing this top five list but maybe we'll talk about some alien invasion movies that were better so hit us up jay what's number five number five the world's end i think you bit off more than you could chew with earth mate yeah because we are more belligerent more stubborn and more idiotic than you could possibly imagine I am not just talking about Gary. Yeah, there's more than one Gary King. But you said... I fucking know what I fucking said. Your reliance on fraternity is a measure of your immaturity as a man and as a species. Why don't you just get in your rocket and fuck off back to Legoland, you cunts? Yeah! Stop fucking starbucking us, man! Yeah! It's our duty to challenge you! Just leave us to our own devices, you intergalactic asshole. You misunderstand! Shut up! We are trying... Nobody's listening! If you don't leave... Face it! We are the human race, and we don't like being told what to do. Just what is it that you want to do? We want to be free. We want to be free to do what we want to do. We want to get loaded, and we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. It's pointless arguing with you. You will be left to your own devices. Really? Yeah. Fuck it. Third banana in the Cornetto trilogy. However, I still love it. I know I know lovers of the Cornetto trilogy have their favorites, and that's mostly Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. I still love The World's End. I, I think this movie is infinitely hilarious. The more times I watch it, the more things I find to laugh at. And... Uh, and that is true. Gary, yeah. there is it's one of those great rewatch films that you get more and more oh, out like of. All the Cornetto trilogy is, but I mean, it really all comes down to just the hilarious hijinks of one Gary fucking King. <laughs> and uh, I actually removed another one from this list. 
And in doing so, I sent Jay a gif from this movie of Simon Pegg's character of Gary King saying, Mm -hmm. I'm not proud of it. I am a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to put this on the list. I absolutely love this movie. I don't I don't care. I I don't care that it's it's Mm. the third banana in the fucking Cornetto trilogy. I still fucking absolutely love it. All right, Jay, our number four, it's signs. See, what you have to ask yourself is what kind of person are you? Are you the kind that sees signs, sees miracles? Or do you believe that people just get lucky? Or look at the question this way. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? Yeah, man. Shot local yeah, to us. I think that um, might have something to do with my love for the movie, you know, just a little bit. I like. It, it, the, the, I'm, I mean, we were in high school, you know, like nostalgia factor of all. That I remember shit, this movie came know, out going on, on vacation and, in Myrtle Beach, you know. And I think I've told the story before in the show, but fuck it, I'm going to tell it again. I don't care. Maybe you're a new listener. Uh, so, so Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, this movie comes out rainy day, so we decided to go see it. Shot locally, and like the whole time, me and my buddy Kenny were like, "That's Burns Pharmacy," and Kenny literally grew up. A few blocks from burns's pharmacy in warsville so like we're like that's burns's pharmacy and like someone's like shh and we're like oh my god yeah that's uh that's right up by the covered bridge up off of uh off of off south road or right by the you know right by the cornfield and stuff like that that's where they shot that shh this scene where the wife's pinned against a tree that was shot in tower state park shh (laughs) and then like in the beginning of the movie uh yeah we were doing all that and like it's like bucks county and we're like we're fucking from there and some ladies just like i've never been to bucks county but i swear to god i will never go there because of you too and i was like oh give me some ointment for that burn old lady jeez (laughs) so we were like 16 when this movie came out but what i dig most about signs is the fact that it's not a big bombastic alien invasion movie this movie, the this movie feels like how you and I would experience an alien invasion. This is this is how yeah. a singular family would experience what happens during an alien invasion, which is mm-hmm. infinitely interesting to me. Before the internet, right. you know, like kind of like you know this on a farm right, because we're the world right? like we we follow tom cruise so we already know he's gonna be the center of all the action but what about the people hold up in their houses that fucking nailed their door shut and stuff like that and listen to the news and did what they were told this is that this is yeah. what happens this is those people and it's still interesting and it's still interesting they gave us an interesting backstory for each of the characters um and i've i've always you know i'm 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 a firm it's one of my favorite M. Night Shyamalan Me films. Too. I'm a firm agnostic, which is why I love this movie, because it has that conversation. Are you a person who believes in coincidence? Or are you a person who sees signs? And it's like, I, I kind of get that, right? Like, I get the idea of this conversation between faith and and and. And that's a I big part of this movie. Stuff. I yeah. love that stuff. And I love how they tie it in to the story as well. It's not just this concept that's hung out there, right? It's brought into the story. And that's why I've always that's why I've always liked it. I know like some people are like, well, this is like again, like Cornetto, like like the world's end. This is third banana on the list of uh M. Night Shyamalan movies. But it's like I, I think this might even be higher than than one of the other two that people are thinking of. I think I like this more than the sixth sense. I think it's unbreakable and then this for me. Yeah, that's tough. I'm gonna have to I would have to rewatch. Are you gonna go are, to are you gonna go judgment. see old? The the new M. Night Shyamalan movie? Are you gonna go see that? Are we gonna do a review for that? Yeah. Oh. 
I, I am. Because I am. he's local, I yeah, feel I like we're just always going to give him infinite chances to, to, to impress us. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I do I do, I do, do choose, you know, based on the trailer or, or even, like, the concept, um, if I'm going to go check it out or not. But, like, for example, you know, I at, back in the day, yeah, I was watching everything, but then he came out with The Happening. And, oh, my God. That was and we were all that. left wondering, Mrs. Because, Jones, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, it's like the air. It's in the air. And you have Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel like, looking around in the what? sky no. for half the fucking movie. It was retarded. So, all right, Jay, what's our number three? No. Man? I know this one's one that you all told right. me like if it wasn't on the list, you were quitting the show. <laughs> Practically. <laughs> of course, it's Arrival. I don't want to take away from your success in the end. Dr. Banks... Is this really the right approach? Trying to teach him how to speak and read? That's got to take longer. You're wrong. It's faster. Everything you're doing there, I have to explain to a room full of men whose first and last question is how can this be used against us? So you're going to have to give me more than that. Kangaroo. What is that? In 1770. Captain James Cook's ship ran aground off the coast of Australia and he led a party into the country and they met the Aboriginal people. One of the sailors pointed at the animals that hop around and put their babies in their pouch and he asked what they were and the Aborigines said, kangaroo. And the point is? It wasn't until later that they learned that kangaroo means I don't understand. So I need this so that we don't misinterpret things in there. Otherwise, this is going to take 10 times as long. It's a very yes. interesting one because, you know, much like Signs, I was saying was about, you know, the 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 singular family experience, like like this very small scale experience of this big scale invasion and stuff like that. This is the same thing, but from a different end. They they know more than anybody. Different angle, right? Different. They know more than anybody from the general public knows, and they they, they approach it in such an interesting way because mm-hmm. you could follow a soldier in, in, in an invasion movie, and it's going to be interesting. You can follow it's a, a it's a big character. scale introverted yeah. film, but you know, in a lot of ways. Instead, they're like you know you know who were the like th- they looked at the script in in a much more cerebral way, you know, in, in like a cerebral assassin type way where they're like you know who's really going to be the forefront of anybody during a, a, an alien invasion linguists because the first step to communication would be to understanding their language mm-hmm. and it's like that's an extremely smart approach to it so when we go back to things like tomorrow war and you wonder why mm-hmm. i'm giving it such a low grade and because i hold sci-fi to a higher standard this is one of those sci-fi movies that's at that higher standard i agree it got I it perfectly agree yeah, no, it really did. It, it and and you know, again, Denis Villeneuve just delivered such a sure direction right. with this film. It doesn't hurt that it looks awesome as well. It looks Cre- gorgeous, creative. Yeah, the matchup between Amy Adams and and Jeremy Renner was was an intriguing pairing because I think at first it took me a little bit to get used to them, and they really gelled in such a great way and. Um, you know, it, it it's it's one of those great, beautiful, subtle nuances of creativity, action, tension, and also humanity and hope. You know, it, it was a beautiful 
beautiful story with a lot of different surprises and twists and turns all the way from start to finish. It was good stuff. It was great stuff. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. So uh, sci-fi writing done right. All right, Jay, our number two, Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat. How many times have we been here? How many times? Where are the keys? Where are the yeah, goddamn okay. keys? <clears throat> you can fly it, can't you? No. Well, yes. I mean, I can take off. I'm still working on my landing. What are we still doing here? You're wasting time. Rita, if you start that engine, you die. This is as far as you go. No matter what I do. This is as far as you ever make it. What an- another great surprise film. Um trailer didn't do anything for me just like tomorrow war the trailer for this just like tomorrow like war dumb sci-fi action oh, yeah. which is enough to get my butt in a seat in the theater and then i watched it and i was <laughs> like man this is like this is like groundhog day ghost busting bill murray but instead uh-huh. we took him out and we did tom cruise and then we did the uh-huh. same thing that scientology has been doing with him and they've just been rebirthing him like, <laughs> i feel like tom cruise has died seven times and scientology is just like no we need you so we're going to put you in a rejuvenation bath. But you only mm-hmm. get that if you reach the highest level of Scientology, which you've done, Tom. <laughs> but no, um, no, this movie, this movie is honestly just truly sci-fi action entertaining in the mid-aughts. Like it just it just did entertainment right. With when, It 100% does. The, the, from the writing to the script to the humor to the action to Emily Blunt being a complete sexy badass right. and a great counterpart to Tom Cruise it's also like, being the alpha. It's, uh, or not uh, Tom, but It Emily took its Blunt's subject character. matter seriously, but not so seriously that I didn't mm-hmm. laugh at some of the times that Tom Cruise died. Like, <laughs> right? Sometimes oh, he yeah. died and it's extremely emotional on the script that, and, and score does a great job of, of, of doing that as well but like also like there's also other moments where he's like fuck I reached a dead end and he just has to kill himself and you're like it's, it's funny in a way <laughs> it, it, it does it right it, it just has a lot of fun with it and it's like yeah. uh, I watch this movie like this is one of those movies that's like it's also one of those you could turn it on at any point and still just get enjoyment out of it. Like it can, you, you can be midway through the movie. And it doesn't matter that you didn't see the first, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You can still pick it up and still enjoy it because the action is that solid. It's that good. And it does a, it does a great job of explaining itself without over explaining itself throughout the film. So it, it's just infinitely watchable. And I think it's rewatchability is what was what makes it high on high as fuck on this list. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And it's definitely one of those things where, you know, it was out there quite a bit um, as to Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise. Is there going to be a sequel? And apparently. A lot of news this year, whether it was going to be a sequel you know, or not. Like a lot of movies were getting greenlit I, during the I, pandemic. I, so. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I still don't know. I, I kind of. I don't Early know. rumors are yes, they are working on it. However, it has I to think happen COVID after another. I think, I think I think COVID messed up. It has up. to happen after another Mission Impossible movie, which is another three years older than Tom Cruise is. So, yeah. so I think it's over. Yeah, for you, you think it's over? I think they. I think they can make it happen. So, all right, Jay. Before we get into our number one. We obviously got to do some honorable mentions, and I'll also mention kind of like what kept these off the list. So. First honorable mention is 2012's The Avengers. What kept it off the list is that Invasion's kind of bullshit. 
<laughs> yes, there's an alien invasion. It happens in the third act of the movie. So the whole movie's not about an alien invasion. But then also, like, we just throw a nuke into a mothership and, like, not only does all the spaceships and stuff fall apart, which I can understand based on Independence Day logic, but <laughs> why does every organic creature that was invading also just crash and die as well? We don't need to explain that. The Avengers win. Everybody's happy. Who cares? Let's get shawarma. Um, number two, <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third Kind. What kept that off the list? Well, it's not an alien invasion movie. They're not invading. They're saying hello. <laughs> And they're asking willing participants to come along with them. And Richard Dreyfus is one of them. Uh, so I I really love this movie, but it's not an alien invasion movie because they're not invading. Number three, District Nine. Again, another great movie. Not invading. They crash landed and then were put into and were put into essentially concentration camps. Uh, it's a movie that's more about the political, the geopolitical climate of South Africa more so than it is about an alien invasion movie. Still a fantastic movie, but not really an invasion. Uh, number four uh, for honorable mentions is Aliens. Doesn't take place on Earth, and we're seeing the aftermath of an invasion, not quite an invasion. Um, and it, again, it's not on Earth, but still love this movie. Obviously, a fantastic movie. And Jay, number five is They Live. If I could put a sixth on our list for top fives, it would be They Live, which you just watched this year, man. Yeah. So you get it. You know why I'd yeah. want it on here. Yep, definitely. All right. Jay, uh, that's it for our honorable mentions. Look, there may be a ton of ones that you guys want to add to the list, and you will get to do that if you reach out to us on our social media. You can reach out to us on our Twitter, which is at SuperMoviePod. You can reach out to Jay, Super Movie Bros Podcast on Instagram. We we will, you know, in a moment go over someone who did reach out to us, and we talked about them last week. But before we do that, Jay, number one, what is it, man? What we got? Independence Day. Fucking A, dude. All right, you alien assholes. In the words of my generation, up yours! Dad, what's he doing? Come on, baby. Come on, baby, come on. Good luck, buddy. Of course. I don't know if it's because we're post-July 4th recording this episode or not, and I just rewatched Maybe, it. Maybe, but also this is probably the, the first one that we saw. I don't care. In the words of my generation, up yours. so well <laughs> in our generation that we loved. Because it was a perfect popcorn for the it July was. movie. It was. Perfect. It was perfect. It was so good. And at the time, the CGI was phenomenal. Will, I mean, and Will Smith, Smith is so peak. lovable as oh. as this character, right? I think President Whitmore, Jeff Goldblum, oh, President Whitmore represented something that we all wanted to see in a president, someone who's like truthful and stuff like that, someone who's someone who wears his heart on the sleeve a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, and I just I think it had a lot of fun with the subject matter. Roland Emmerich is really great at this, like taking something. That's like mundane and then like turning it into a personal story, but also keeping it so grandiose and, and large scale. I'm not saying he knocks it out of the park every time he does it, but he did it once 
and that's enough for it to be on this list. And it's Independence Day because it's a fucking fantastic movie. It's a fucking fantastic watch. It's a classic. It's, a classic. it's literally right. a classic. I can't point to this movie and and tell you why any one reason why it's great. It's because the sum of all of its parts just make it so fucking enjoyable. That's why. And it came out in the 90s. And I was fucking born in the fucking eight, late 80s. And <laughs> it just it just came out at the right time. And I think, like, you know, it, there's there's no... There's no secret why, like, you know, every 4th of July, this movie gets a huge bump in streaming numbers and stuff like that. Shit, I watched it twice this fucking weekend. So, obviously, it's the best alien invasion movie. It's just the best. It is. It really is. Love it. It's perfect. It's a perfect movie. It's a, and, again, it's a classic. It's going to hold the test of time. For sure. And I think it will, you know, because the CGI really holds up solid and the aliens that you do see are you know puppets so it's 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 just you know it's it's perfect it's really well done a lot of humor a lot of great action a lot of fun and uh great characters developed and for all you who are uh wondering why i'm knocking tomorrow war for its plot holes and stuff like that but not knocking independence day for them it's because i don't understand computers enough (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to knock Jeff Goldblum's computer virus plan and stuff like that. I know that's a lot of people's like big knock on this movie, and it's like in retrospect, and it's like, yeah, but I watched this movie in 1996, and I didn't know fuck all about <laughs> about uploading viruses. It all sounded nobody really did. Right, it, nobody really had a computer. Then. It all fucking flew for me at the time, so I, I it became ingrained, and I loved it before before I before I was able to look into things and give a shit. So, mm-hmm. and it was Jeff Goldblum post Jurassic Park and. Will Smith post, uh, you know, Fresh Prince. So it was, it was two great things that I love put together as peanut butter and jelly, and I just fucking eat it. I just ate it up. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay. Before we get out of here, uh, we did an episode last week where we did a top five, uh, and it came from a listener, a uh, a listener with an absolutely fantastic name, Dick Lay. And you and I both wanted to know whether Dick used that to his advantage in getting laid and he did respond to us like first off he was grateful he did not expect the turnaround that he had gotten from well us. let me ask you this does he know or want his name slash story to be aired yes yeah i'm just not okay. going to okay. uh i'm just not going to go okay. into some of the details but uh okay. but that's mostly for time i don't think i, I don't think he, i don't think dick would care but um but anyway it's, it seems like his wife is fully aware <laughs> <laughs> of his previous of his previous <laughs> life um but i'm proud of him i'm proud of him. but uh, i should say that dick did try to uh listen to our mantra at the end where we ask everyone to leave us <laughs> reviews and stuff like that he attempted to but he listens to us on on a different streaming platform which doesn't allow him to leave reviews so he asked me what he could do and it's exactly what he did he reached out to us you know, so, you know we always drop our our handles and stuff at the end for people to reach out to us so do it Reach out to us. Don't be scared. Like we're me and Jay will will talk back. Obviously, we had a fan who wanted to hear a top five. Me and Jay came up with a top five list that fucking week because we had the time to do it. So you won't be ignored. We will get back to you. So um, and movie recommendations and rec- you know? movie recommendations like Dylan from Beard Brothers podcast does to me all the exactly. time. Exactly. I give him recommendations. Burning, and I'm going to check out Burning probably within the next couple episodes. So cool. I'm probably going to be watching uh, it this weekend, it. and he's actually going to be joining me on the next episode more than likely Ooh, to do perfect. to do a trailer park breakdown for 
uh, Marvel What If and Star Wars Visions on Disney Plus because both those trailers dropped this week. But back to Dick Lay. So we did ask whether Dick used that name to get himself indeed laid, and he said he absolutely did. He grew up in a beach town, uh, which saw a lot <laughs> of tourists, uh, and he said it as a revolving door of talent, if you will. Um, and he would always have a friend kind of mention his name. Most girls would be like, bullshit, that's not your name. He would provide an ID, and that was his step in the door. Now, I think he sells himself short. Obviously, Dick, it was your personality that kept you in the game, but you had a great icebreaker having that name. True. Um, so he did say that, you know, he's now 40 years old, a father of four, and his wife likes the joke that she turned a hoe into a house husband. And that's that's the type of fucking story I want to yeah. hear. That's I a mean, jam- four kids, you know, he still likes getting laid, so, you know. <laughs> Dick, this is what you don't realize. You have a Jay's Indie Corner story. <laughs> <laughs> that that your life is a fake synopsis. <laughs> he, he, it's true, and I don't mean true. that. He's living. On, he, he lived my fantasy, really, right. my life fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay, Jay would like to. Jay would like to borrow your name. <laughs> Yeah. Just so he can use it in the bar. Just for this coming weekend when I go down to shore. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Dick did indeed get named, get get laid with his name. So I'm glad that he heard the episode and I'm glad that he got back to love us. Love it. So happy. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love hearing from people. So if you want to be like Dick, if we said anything in this episode that you would like to comment on, if there's anything you would like us to discuss on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our social media. Yeah, I said it several times through the show at Jay's request to drop this stuff, not at the end, but throughout the show. But you can catch me on Twitter at SuperMoviePod, and I'm also on Instagram SMB Dave on there. I am on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast, on Instagram, Super Movie Bros, and Twitter, J underscore SMB. And then, of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. So head over to ageofradio.org. There you can check out all the shows that are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. And you can also check out our show's homepage on there where you'll get a handy dandy media player, which will play all the episodes that are available of Super Movie Bros over there and then of course we have a patreon so if you want to know what the cold open to each show is all about you want to hear the story that goes behind each of those little snippets then head over to patreon.com slash super movie bros and for just one dollar a month you can get all the additional content that we post over there i want to thank all of you for listening have a great one cheers cheers cheers